Maybe don't know. Maybe don't. This time, 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 What's up, everybody? I am your host, Chris Hampton. And this is Nate Rolay. And together we form Rocket and Groot. Ooh, nice one. I've kind of been wanting to use that one. And this uh, this topic seems appropriate for that um, because, you know, Groot, well, actually, they both could be seen as weak characters, um, but not necessarily. And today we're talking about is it a weakness or is it just hard? And I think this is, it's kind of a strange phenomenon. When I first noticed this happening, it was kind of happening a lot where someone would be trained, you know, they'd be finishing a program and then they go out to perform and something feels hard and they're like, I need more power. My finger strength is low or you know, I need to work on big moves because this big move was hard. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, training doesn't make everything easy. It just makes it so you can approach harder things, but they're still going to feel difficult and hard. And I think that might be a tough concept for some people to really grasp. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, and it's something we're all guilty of at some point for sure. Um, you know, especially if, if you've never trained before and then you train a little bit and you get like, you get a lot stronger the first time you ever train and you're like, Oh, why can't I just keep doing this? Like, you know, let's say if it's the first time you train and suddenly V five feels really easy to you. You're like, Oh, can I do this until V 10 feels really easy? Cause that'd be mm -hmm. great. Oh. Yeah. That's a good point. You know, it, something you used to do turns into something really easy and then you build up these expectations that the the goals are also going to feel easy. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, we forget that we forget how hard we had to try to climb V5 initially and like how much we were fighting for things. And it's man, it's easy to lose that fight. Yeah, it really is. Have you noticed this kind of happening in your own clients? Like have you gotten any of these kind of messages that that I do? Oh yeah. I got, I actually had a consultation call, uh, less than 12 hours ago. Um, yeah, just last night I was on a consultation call with someone who, uh, they were like, yeah, you know, I'm like V sevens keep going faster and faster to the point to where I feel like I can even flash some now, man, V eight is still just hard. And, uh, yeah, it's like, yeah, like hard climbing's hard, like, and breaking through to a next level is going to feel challenging. And, mm -hmm. you know, we talked about it and he was like, well, and his big thing was he doesn't have a lot of time to climb outside. And so he was like, oh, well, I don't want to go out and like spend all of my time only, you know, projecting one boulder. Like I'd rather, you know, I really want to keep doing easy things. Um, you know, is it realistic? Can I just like keep training to where V8 feels like V7 feels to me now? And I'm like, yeah, I mean, you can, you can get so overpowered. Like you can get right. V10 strong to so a that, point to a point like, 
you know, and for where this person is now, I was like, you could probably do it. Like you could probably get like so over strong for V8 that for this goal of V8, you could make that happen, but it's not sustainable. Like yeah. that, you probably won't be able to do that for V9 or beyond. Like you're going to have to start actually, you know, running your head against the wall a bit. Right. I mean, you know, just because Drew Ruana is doing V14, like it's, you know, like it's nothing is how it seems when we look at it. Doesn't mean it's not still hard for him. Yeah. You know, he's still trying hard and, and maybe the difference is he's mastered that like a giving a high effort and B accepting that this feels really difficult. So I'm going to keep at it, you know, instead of saying, Oh, this feels too hard. I need to go back to the gym and train. Yeah. Yeah. You know, uh, that's a great example bringing up Drew because, you know, I think it was just a few days ago he did two V14 FAs in a session. Yeah. But I think it was just a month ago he sent the Midnight Express, uh, Thailandman V14. Right. I want to say he, you know, he said he put in multiple seasons, maybe. I feel Mm -hmm. like he said something like, I feel like he said something like 15 days of work. And this, so this is a guy who can climb V14 in a session when it fits him. Two V14s in a session. Two V14s (laughs) in a session if it fits him. But he also, you know, is going out and saying, hey, this is really hard. I'm going to keep putting time in, Um, you know, and that's, I think those like balancing those expectations and putting in the work is, you know, some, I think it's one of the reasons why he's so great. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's absolutely true. And, you know, I hadn't even, we had planned to have this conversation and I hadn't even made the connection uh, until just now, but the chart I put out today, the graph I put out today on Instagram uh, about what your like immediate reaction should be or, or could be and that get stronger. Like I need to get stronger is such a common reaction to failing, Mm -hmm. but it's also probably the slowest thing to implement. You know, you could go start working out now you're not going to actually be that much stronger for quite a while. Whereas better tactics, better mindset, um, better beta. could affect things right now. Yeah. And, and I think this is one of those cases. Like if, if you're trying something that's hard that, you know, objectively is a hard grade for you or has been in the past. And part of it feels difficult. Doesn't mean you're weak doesn't mean that's a weakness it just means it's hard and instead of saying i need to get stronger saying oh maybe if i think about my tactics maybe if i think about my mindset and just accept that this is difficult then then it happens faster yeah it's kind of a tricky place to be i think it is and you know i think like i've written about this before on the uh in our blogs about how I think the more experienced of a climber you are, the easier it is to fall for this trap of, you know, when we're beginners, we all suck. Like, it's right. we don't expect to do well. Like, you know, everything's hard and that's fine. Like, you're just like, oh, well, I just fall on this a bunch and slowly I can string moves together. I get really tired. 
you know, I come in the next session, maybe two sessions from now and I can do it. But the better we get, suddenly we get, we encounter these moves and we're like, oh, well, I tried it twice and that felt impossible. I'm going to go do the thing next to it, you know, because we like to think we know what our bodies feel like and how we perform. And so it's so easy for us to like convince ourselves like, oh, no, 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 no. Like that felt impossible. I can't do it. Where really it's like, I mean, man, there are times where it may take me 15 tries to stick a single move. But the second I do, it's like, oh, I'm now like nine for 10 out of this move. Right. Exactly. Like you found that little subtle shift in body position that needed to happen. And then you can repeat that path through space over and over and over. Yeah. Yeah. You, know, and- you didn't, you didn't get stronger in those five minutes, 10 minutes, 30 minutes, hour, whatever it was, you didn't get stronger in that time. No, if anything, in fact, got you probably weaker. got weaker. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. I got tired for that, <clears throat> those specific positions, but yeah. Suddenly it's like, oh, I understand this. I can repeat it. You know, maybe I have a 90% chance of doing, like I can do this. Yeah. Nine out of 10 times, which, you know, yeah, if it takes me 15 tries to do it, like if you think like that's a lot of trying, like 15 is a ton. Um, yeah. You know, if you're resting well and if, you know, you think about four different moves back to back like that, like that can sound really daunting. Like, oh, this is going to take me 60. I'm going to have to pull off the ground 60 times just to do these moves individually but right. if, they, if you understand them all at that same level, it might be, okay, like I've put in the work and now, you know, maybe it's not going to happen this session. Maybe next session I'll be able to get some good links, but could go next time, maybe the time after. But that's a, it feels, you know, it feels insane the first time you try it probably. Like, I mean, and that's just, that's bouldering. That's hard rock climbing. Like there's so many times, you know, the New River Gorge, like every time I climb there, like, I'll try a route and it's like, oh, like I'm one for 10 on this move. It feels insane. But then yep. I'll try it from the ground and just get there, go with 100% confidence. Like, oh, I stuck it and I did the route now. Okay. Like, and that's, that wasn't an uncommon experience there. Yeah. You know, I, I think I've probably told this story on the podcast before, but I had a really, uh, uh, an example in the new of this exact thing happening on uh welcome to conditioning. Oh yeah. Is that what it was? What's the thing right next? To, no, it is welcome to conditioning. Um, I was on that and it was supposed to be a rest day and I was just belaying, but we walked past it and I was like, Whoa, that thing is beautiful. You know, yeah. I really want, I just want to try it. I'm going to go up it. I'm going to hang draws on it and then I'll be done for the day. And there's like a, a weird kind of sideways dyno right at the start. Mm-hmm. And I tried it and tried it and tried it and never stuck the move. So I just stick clip through. And then the next section is this kind of technical, weird, slabby face. And I never did that move. So I stick clip through. And then I, you know, I stick clip a couple more times on my way to the top. <laughs> and I'm like, well, no sense in trying this thing, you know. <clears throat> so I lower down, I clean all the draws off and I get to that first move and I'm like, let me just try this dyno one more time. Yeah. I'll try and it. On I top stick rope. it. I stick the move and then I climb through the next section and then I climb through the next section and then I'm at the chains and I'm like, what the fuck just happened? It, yeah. I just did the route minus the five, nine intro on top rope. Okay. 
uh, let me hang the draws again and I'll come oh, back man. tomorrow, you know, That's and I hilarious. sent it the next day. But I had totally given up. I'm like, oh, well, this is all just a weakness for me. Mm-hmm. You know, I need to improve at this style before I try this route anymore. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, and that route's a great example of that style. Cause you know, I joke, I feel like you cover almost 30 feet in like six moves. It's just every mm-hmm. move is enormous back to back. Um, it's actually a pretty short route as far as hand moves go. Um, yeah, but yeah, that's like, I think the new <clears throat> does a great job of exemplifying that style of like, these moves are just going to feel really really hard until you can unlock them and then it's like oh like like you said you just strung together like three sequences that you didn't do you know by themselves yeah totally uh you brought something up a few minutes ago that i thought was really interesting that i'd love to talk a little more about and that's that like as we become better climbers we sort of narrow our you know, what we're, what we will look at. Mm -hmm. Um, like I know what's possible for me. And I think it's really interesting that as beginners, relative beginners, we might, you know, I might've never tried, never sent a V5, but I'm willing to try a V8, you know, climb on a V8. Um, and I may not even know the difference. I, I may not be able to tell this V8 is that much harder than that V5 because they both feel impossible to me, you know, but, but I'm putting the same amount of effort in and something I've said uh, quite a few times at seminars and workshops is that I need to get stronger is almost never the answer because I've rarely seen someone putting a lot of effort into something they can't do already. Um, and I think that is because most of the people I'm climbing with are tuned into that. I think I know what I'm capable of. So they don't overshoot very far. Totally. And maybe it could be really valuable to overshoot, you know, to get on things that are way out of your, what you think is possible for you so that you can kind of, curb this um this is a weakness that i need to get stronger at and just accept well actually it's just fucking hard and i need to give a really strong effort at it to have a chance yeah man i i like that a lot um and i i completely agree um you know i there's something that sometimes i'll program for my clients when it seems like this is a what they need. And I sort of use the opposite of the seven go rule where the seven go rule being, you know, you have to try and move at least seven times before you're allowed to kind of pass judgment on it and decide if you're going to skip it. Instead, I tell them they need to find a limit boulder to where it takes them at least seven goes to stick any of the moves. So like, mm. if, like if you're sticking the moves in under seven goes, it's too easy. Um, and that's, cool that's like kind of a fun thing to play around with. Cause suddenly you're like, Oh, like I need to find something hard then. Like if I, you know, and if all their gym, if their gym just sets really tall boulders and I'll say, maybe like, let's just talk about the crux sequence. Then, you know, if there's sure. like four or five moves, each of these should be taking you like, you know, seven plus goes to stick individually. <clears throat> and suddenly like, like that opens up people's eyes of like, Oh well, man, I could, you know, I normally just climb on V8s in here, but 
if that's the case, maybe I should go try this V11 over there. And they will. And like, it's cool. Suddenly they're like, oh, like, you know, I can't imagine ever doing that thing. But like, I did moves on it. Like, I never would have tried that. Like, you know, I've never even tried, you know, a black tag route like that part of the uh, circuit before. Like, I've always deemed that, you know, strong person territory. But yeah, so I think it's I think it's great, even if you don't, you know, suddenly start projecting that level or like, let's say start like going for red point efforts at that level. I think there's a lot of value in overshooting, spending some time on things that are really hard and like, you know, working like, oh man, there's a lot to deal with here. And then when you throttle it back, you know, back to where you were, suddenly it's like, oh, like these moves aren't that hard. And like, I can, I have a lot more confidence because I know I can do harder. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, even if you can't tell the difference and it feels just as hard as the moves did on, you know, whatever the super mega proj that you climbed on was, you're learning this skill of attacking those really hard moves, you know, and, and releasing some expectation. This all seems to be kind of tied to our own expectations. Right. And absolutely. I just had a conversation uh, with one of my clients who's been on the podcast before Tyler, uh, Tyler Algio. And he, we really want to, try and find a process that allows him to kind of get into an enjoyable flow state while he's climbing. Um, he's had a hard time finding that with sport climbing. Um, so in talking about how we can find that state for him, it started to sound like what was kicking him out of it were his expectations on the route that he Hmm. was on. So what we've come up with and we're going to try, you know, I have no idea if this is going to work or not, but we decided let's pick a route that's hard, really hard that you probably won't send, you know, there's a small chance, but the expectation won't be there to send it. And maybe we even stick clip past the initial crux to take the expectation of sending away. And then we start, you know, trying to find a flow state on a part of the route. Um, hmm. That way we're removing some of the expectation and we can just focus on the climbing and what's happening in, the, in his body and how he feels about the moves and how he feels about his climbing rather than I should be performing better on this right now. Yeah. You know, as soon as you start letting those thoughts in, it all goes to shit, you know? And there have been so many times when I'm on a route or on a boulder and I can, like, I I hear that little inner voice that, that pops in all the damn time, you know, that we spend so much time trying to quiet or trying to turn into a positive force. Mm -hmm. I'll get to a move that's hard for me. And that voice will start saying, Your other hand is slipping. Your foot's not quite right. You're tired, you know, and it starts giving me doubts. You've fallen when you've been more fresh than this before. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, that though, having those expectations of this move should feel this way for me to be successful. I think it just that all 
conspires to to give us unrealistic expectations of how this is all supposed to feel. And as soon as something feels hard, our response, because like you said, we've trained and it's felt like this miraculous thing at times. And we, we zero in on those miraculous moments and forget about all the slogging that went on, you know, these years of training that we can't tie directly to a positive outcome. Mm -hmm. We forget about all of that. And we say, Oh, I've identified a weakness. I need to go train it now, you know, as opposed to maybe if I can quiet these voices down, maybe if I can let go of some of these expectations, then I can just accept that this is a hard move and approach it like that. Yeah. 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 It sounds I, like I'm talking in circles because it's such a hard topic to discuss, but I love it. No, I mean, I, I think you're really nailing it. Like I think expectations you for bouldering for sure. Um, sport climbing, especially I see it a lot. Like, um, you know, I definitely, I deal with it with myself. Like, you know, this idea of, you know, goes are never perfect. Like a lot mm -hmm. of my sends on sport routes or boulders or whatever, like things go wrong. Like there are those miraculous times where you're like, Oh, I just floated. I went on autopilot and it was the easiest thing ever. And it inspired me that I could climb harder, you know, yeah. those kinds of things. But Man, a lot of times, like you just kind of, kind of white knuckle your way through it, and you get to the top, you're like, "Oh, I almost fell eight times." Like, it felt like I was off right at the very beginning, and you know, I just kept going. Like, you know, I, I don't know if I've told this story before on the podcast, but um, I've told plenty of people about it. Um, on the second five thirteen I ever sent, it was snooker tying in. I think it's like my third or fourth go of the day, and. I go up and I'm like halfway through the bottom face and man, I just feel awful. Like I feel like I'm just climbing terribly and I'm like about to take my Blair's like, man, you look solid, like looking super strong. Yeah. And I was like, Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, let's go. And kept going. I get up to the rest and I'm like, and he's like, yeah, man, looking good. Like super composed. I was like, cool, man. Cause all right. Yeah. Let's, let's keep going. I get up, I clip like the final draw, which I hadn't done before. Keep going, clip anchors. Like sick. That was awesome. I come down and he's like, man, you look like shit the whole way. <laughs> and like, yep. yeah, but the fact that he, he like overrode my own internal doubt mm -hmm. by saying like, man, you look good. You like keep breathing, stay calm, like stay confident, all this, like, you know, suddenly instead of me being like, oh, like I'm shaky, I'm more pumped here than I've ever been, like stuff like that. I was like, oh, well, yeah, if uh, Tyler thinks I look good, I guess I do. I'll keep going. You know, <laughs> one of those. Right. Yeah, totally. That's that's really interesting. Um, my friend Scott was here in Lander last year or a couple of years ago, and he was up on a route in the killer cave and Ronnie Jenkins comes walking up the trail um, which in itself is strange because seeing Ronnie at the killer cave was not something I expected, but Ronnie starts just yelling at Scott, like next holds good. Next holds good. You know? And yeah. Scott just keeps going and eventually falls, but comes down and thanks Ronnie. Like, Oh, thanks for, thanks for saying that. You know, it, it kept me going. And Ronnie's like, good. Cause I've never been on that route. I didn't have any clue what was up there. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And, but it's so powerful when other people are believing in you because we have our, you know, our self doubts are definitely our worst enemies. Yeah. 
It's so, yeah. so strong. Are there, are there tactics that you can use as a coach to help people through this? You know, ultimately I think that if, if possible, if we can, I think it's a good idea to, you know, you've done a training cycle, you're going out to perform. Now let's not focus on the negatives or what we need to do in our next training cycle. For now, let's focus on the performance. Let's try really hard. Let's, you know, we want to do hard things. That's the, that's our whole goal. Like I want to train so I can do hard things, but then I get to the hard thing and I wish it was easier. That doesn't make sense. So let's get to performance mode. Let's try really hard and let's focus on what we need to do in the moment to make this happen. Then post-performance period, let's debrief. Let's figure out what we need to work on in this next training cycle. Instead of falling into that trap of going outside and immediately analyzing your performance to find the negatives. I'm certainly guilty of that. You know, I'm as soon as I'm off of something, I'm like, here's what I can improve. You know, here's Mm -hmm. here's what I want to make better. You know, here's what I want to work on my next training cycle so that I can do this, you know, and, and that might be counterproductive, at least in the moment. Yeah. You know, I think in the moment that's, it's like what you said, like you should be focusing on what's in front of you, like how, and I mean, I'm guilty of it. Yeah. Like how ironic that I can be like on a sport climb in Vegas, like beautiful crag, amazing. And when I fall, I can immediately start thinking about like, oh, I'd only, you know, I need to go hang on those little wooden edges back in Houston some more. Mm-hmm. That's like, what are you doing? Yeah. Like, no, like pay attention to what where you're at. Like, we can take care of things right here. And if nothing else, just like you can get so much more value out of just being right where you are. Um, you know, as far as like working with clients, I think it's important to remember situations where it's been beneficial like to see Mm -hmm. things through like, Hey, remember when you tried that route and the second you like, and when you sent it, you, everything felt bad. You were super pumped the whole way, but you still did it. Like we can do that again. Like, you know, or same thing with boulders. Like, yeah, it took you four days to do that move. You did it at the end of that fourth day though. You know, reminding people. Yeah. I do think that's a really valuable way to approach things. And, you know, it's not going to be an immediate fix. It's not like I can just tell somebody, oh, let's shift our focus to the moment and the positives and not worry so much about what we need to do a month from now. You know, yeah, that sounds really simple, but it's not, you know, and I think the more we get sucked into training, which I love, you know, it's just as fun for me as going rock climbing. Mm-hmm. Um, as the more we get sucked into that, the more we want to maximize it. Um, yeah. and I think it, you know, it comes back again to Dan John's quote, which can almost never be overstated, which is the goal is to keep the goal, the goal. And yeah. our goal in training mine anyway um, is to be a better rock climber. Um, so I have to keep in mind that right now is when I get to 
to approach that goal. I get to test myself against this goal. So let's focus on that instead of what do I need to do in the future to reach that goal? You know? Yeah. Yeah, totally. So one thing that I hear a lot of people say, um, and I'd like to get your thoughts on this is people say, you know, like, well, if you're, if you're not strong enough to hang on a hold, then, you know, it doesn't matter how good your technique and all of that is, or your effort Mm -hmm. is like, you need your, your hands need to be at least strong enough to hang the holds. Um, what are your thoughts on, I feel like that's something I hear fairly common or Mm -hmm. commonly. Uh, what are your thoughts on that? Well, I mean, that might be true if you have absolutely no ability to use your feet, your body tension, your momentum, any of those things, you know, but otherwise it's just not true. We're not climbing by hanging on holds. You know, it's a, it's a whole different action. And I think we've, we've tried too much to give a one-to-one carryover from, I can hang on these edges so that means I can climb on them. It's they're different things. They're climbing is a, a series of complex interactions. Hanging on an edge is a single simple action. You know, yes, you can dial it down, boil it down to there are all these complex interactions happening in your finger to make that work, you know, sure. But ultimately, I've used slopers small edges, pockets that there's no way I could hang on if I took my feet off the wall, if I released my core tension, you know, if I didn't use momentum to get to the next hold. Um, So I don't, there's not a one-to-one carryover and limiting yourself in that way, I think is quite dangerous. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, you know, my, my thoughts are fairly similar on that as far as, you know, thankfully rock climbing isn't dead hanging cause I'd be pretty awful yeah. at it. Um, <laughs> and I know yeah. a lot of climbers who I outperform, I've talked about this with my friend Taylor before I outperform Taylor on a hangboard. Taylor mm-hmm. uses holds. I can't begin to use outside. Or yeah. climbing indoors, you know, he just grabs the little holds, believes in it and moves. And I don't, I don't do it that way. Yeah. Yeah. It's, you know, I was talking, uh, I did the Instagram live with, uh, Tyler Nelson recently and in it, we were talking about this and this idea. And so I'm not like terribly strong when it comes to like finger strength. Um, you know, like I cannot one arm dead hang a beast maker edge or like the lattice edge. Like just can't, I find it really challenging. Um, I would need to take weight off if I wanted to, but ah, man, I can't remember the last time I tried anything like V11, V12, even like V13, where I found a hold where I was like, I can't hold it. Like there are maybe things where it's like, Oh, like I'm going to need to find better positions or I mean, sure. Like there's being stronger would be great. Maybe I can't do the moves between the holds, like maybe not yet, Mm -hmm. but it is, I mean, yeah, like I just don't find holds where I'm like, I literally can't hold this. Like, you know, it's, it's just not a binary thing. It's not like zeros and ones like, oh yes, I can hold it or no, I cannot. Um, Even, you know, not that long ago I was in Waco and 
I went uh, and grabbed like the Terramera crimp, like the little, the really small one that you dead point to. And it's funny. I don't even want to grab that with my feet on the ground. Oh man. Yeah. It will. Nasty. Here's what's funny though, is like grabbing it. Like I had been hanging a bunch of small edges lately and I even took a photo of where it hit me and my finger. And I was like, oh, like I get more skin behind this than I do with six mil, like wood edges that I can dead hang Mm -hmm. on. Like I was like. This is like, you know, basically a two move B13, like the stand start is like through this hold. And like, I've seen people one arm dead hang a hold that size before. But, you know, there's a reason why this is hard. And, you know, even though those edges are like plump, some might say like the start holds are both like almost full pad. Like they're, I don't know, half to three quarter pad. You know, that holds six mil. The next holds even bigger. Like, and yeah, this is B13. But what makes it hard is like you start in this really bunch position. You do like kind of a powerful cross move. It's not a huge move. The move's maybe two feet long. Like if I was if I was very strong on the right hand or if it was more in cut, I could just comfortably lock off that distance. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, there's nothing wild and crazy about this other than you just have to put a lot of different unique pieces together. Like, can you court like your right hand's flat, so you can't just like rip it down. You need to have your body in a certain place to move around it. Your foot's high, but it's in cut, so that affords you other things. You know, there are all these pieces that you get to like connect together to be able to do this. But at no, like, in yes, this is like a hard, crimpy boulder. But I would say, like, man, I see like V8, V9 climbers all the time, and what they can hang, they could, they could hang every hold of Tamir, the V15. But hmm. like, yeah, like it's just uh, to me, that argument is one of those things that sounds nice. Like, oh, well, you know, like if you can't hold the hold, you can't do it. I need stronger hands, which, right. you know, yeah, get stronger hands, train them. I'm not saying don't. For but, sure. Keep doing it. Yeah, absolutely. But, you know, don't don't use that as an immediate cop out. Yeah. And, you know, something you're really good at um, and like all things, I think, exists on a spectrum where you can take it too far. You know, being overly positive about everything isn't a good thing. Um, Sometimes there are reasons to. To have a doubt, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, but something you're really good at is finding reasons why reasons to believe that you can do it, you know. I listen to you saying, oh, well, you know, these, these holds are pretty good. It's the moves only two feet. It's really not that big. You know, I could probably do this move with a little work and having touched those holds that never entered my mind. I was just <laughs> like, nope, I'm going to keep walking past. Yeah. <laughs> you know? I hear there's a great V1 um, on the other side of this. Yeah. <laughs> so I think that's a thing you can cultivate with experience, uh, with practice. And like you said, by remembering the times when that did happen, like, oh, there's some doubt in this move, but for whatever reason, I kept working on it. You know, maybe my partner was working on something nearby and this was all I had and suddenly I'm doing it, you know, put that in the column of remember this for next time. Yeah. I think, I think you've, built up a column of that or something that you can refer to. And so you've, you know, you go to that place pretty quickly. 
You know, I, I try. I definitely, as far as like expectations go though, there's, it's funny because for me, there's this kind of like gap. Like I'm comfortable on grades to a certain point. I'm like, oh, this is just a grade I climb. And then there's this little like level that I really have to convince myself to like work mm. for. And then I can skip over and I can be like, oh, let me go try like B13 or harder because there were no expectations and there's no tie to me like, right. oh, I should be able to do this. Um, yeah. So, man, I'm 100% guilty of this. And this is something that like I'm <clears throat> really especially just even in the last, most recent few weeks, I've been working to try and cultivate this again of like, okay, like hard climbing is hard. Like just keep reminding yourself that like, you know, these are the ranges you need to be on. And, you know, if it wasn't challenging for you, then you wouldn't, you wouldn't want to do it. Like, I don't want to, like, I want to climb cause I want to challenge. I want to get better and I want to have to like overcome these things. You know, I don't want to go do, what for me feels like moderate climbing all day. Yeah. You know, that's, that's another really interesting thing. Um, I heard an interview with Stephen Kotler, the author of rise of Superman. He's a renowned flow expert. Um, I heard this a couple of weeks ago and I just happened to write this quote down and it kind of fits here. Um, And he says that with all of their, research they've been doing around flow and around learning that the sweet spot for learning is around 4% above your current comfortable skill level. And you can't, you have to readjust that daily, you know, and, and obviously there's wiggle room on both sides. Um, and it's not an exact number, but somewhere just above where you feel like, okay, I can climb this grade is probably a place where you stand to gain a lot from, you know? And I think you're right. It's easy to jump way ahead and drop expectations and to stay comfortable and not have a ton of expectation. Mm -hmm. Um, But then you get in that little zone where things feel hard, you have to work for it, and you expect you should be able to do it. And that's where it gets really tricky for people. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and 4% isn't a big range. Like it's not, that's, you know, looking back at like Drew Ruan and how we talked about him earlier in this episode, you know, him doing midnight express, like V14, that probably for him, it like, yeah, that's, that's a range where he might expect to just do it quickly, but mm-hmm. putting in time on something like that, that's where you're going to keep growing. Um, yeah. And that 4%, I mean, 4% above V14 is still V14. Yeah. You know, (laughs) depending on like your skill, it's tough to, it's tough to attach this to a climbing grade because they mean so many different things, right? Like for me, 4% above where I'm comfortable on compression climbing is a radically different number than where I'm, where I'm comfortable on in cut full crimp climbing. Mm-hmm. You know, so, so you have to adjust it based on your skill at that particular thing or, you know, how, how the movement of that boulder or root or whatever feels to you. And so it's a, it's a tough thing to navigate all these expectations that we build. And, and I think training builds those expectations a little bit for most people. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, so it would be cool if nothing felt hard. <laughs> it, it would, but you know, you think like I was thinking about this the other day, you think about the people who come into the climbing gym and 
I think what really hooks a lot of people is when they understand kind of the challenge of it. Like if someone Mm -hmm. comes in and you hear it all the time, they're like, oh yeah, I did all the walls in here. Like, you know, they, (laughs) yeah, they're like, oh, I did the steep one over there. And they like, just kind of stand, start and rainbow hold their way up to the top. And then I got the top of all the walls. I'm done here. Exactly. But then when they're like, oh, there are levels. And then suddenly it's like, you know, they pan out a little bit and they're like, oh, wow. Like I didn't even do any of the levels. Like I just Mm -hmm. did by any means to the top. Oh, cool. Let me try like the first level. And then suddenly they realize, wow, there's a lot going on here and this is really challenging like that's much more exciting like there are you know there are so many things that like we all try at some point and you know if you don't find a challenge in it like if you're just good at it you're not gonna want to go back like what's the point but yeah and you know it's that struggle that that's so addicting like learning something new topping a struggle, whatever that might be, you know, that's, that's so addicting. And if you can learn to tap into that, then finding something that feels hard gets exciting instead of deflating. You know, I, I remember, uh, I was climbing on cutthroat and, and I fell in that upper kind of power endurance section in a place where I totally didn't expect to fall. I'm like, well, I'm done. I'm not falling now. You know, this yeah. is my jam up here. Like oh, three finger open hand holds, you know, yeah. no chance I'm falling. And then I fall and Annalisa who was belaying me, who used to be the nanny for Todd Skinner laughed when I got to the ground and I'm like, what, what's funny? And she's like, your <laughs> face looks just like Todd's right now. You, you found so much joy in finding something that was difficult for you just now. I can see it in your face Hmm. and it's totally true. I, I get happy when I'm like, oh, I didn't expect that, but it just showed me who's boss, you know, and that gives me a new thing to learn and that's exciting for me. Yeah, that, that's awesome. That's, that's super fun. Um, you, you, know, and, you and I both are reading this think again book and, um, with Adam Grant is the author and I've listened to his podcast, um, work life quite a bit. And he talks a lot about the joy of being wrong, mm-hmm. you know, and, and I think that's such a powerful thing. Like, oh, I expected this to be easier, but it's not cool now now there's something in the future i can look forward to learning more about yeah yeah you know and i think that's that's a trait that i hear a lot it's phrased a little differently but i hear a lot among really high-end climbers they're always described as being stubborn like Mm -hmm. oh well i mean i remember i was climbing with brian vogis and this was a trip he climbed multiple v13s but there was a v8 that like this is towards the end of the day he was a little tired and he had to do it he was like oh this is hard for me i need to do it like there wasn't enough it was like there wasn't another option and i think it can easily be seen as being stubborn and he probably would have described it that way but i think there was also a lot of i mean there's a lot of joy in finding like oh like this is hard cool like i need to do this like you know you, you can't just have like be fueled by like hate towards things that are challenging for you. Like there's definitely a lot of like, if you can find joy and like, Oh, Oh, I didn't know that was something I couldn't do. 
Oh, cool. Like and now, at this point, Vogus was climbing what V13, V14? Yeah, V13, V14. Like yeah. he did single and session he, and he V13s finds a V8 that, that he's trip. not crushing. Yeah. Yes. Oh. Yeah, that's that's cool. It's a cool place to be, I think, to find something hard. Um, that's what we're all doing this for. Yeah, you know, and something we haven't completely touched on. So the title of this is generally it's something along the lines of uh, is it a weakness or is it just hard? But something else is if you are climbing on hard climbs, you also get stronger. Like especially... Sure. If you're in that, you know, like, let's say that 4% range where you're just overreaching a little bit from <clears> what you can already comfortably do, like a lot of times you're going to get stronger. If you keep finding things that are in unique styles, like in styles that are challenging for you, you're going to get stronger from them. So that's all. That's the other advantage. Like this isn't some one or the other kind of thing. It's not like, well, I either right. try hard and I commit or I go and I train and I get stronger. Like if you're doing it right, yep. you should be still getting stronger. Training should be supplemental. You know, it can kind of keep progressing you along. But I mean, hard, like there's a reason, you know, really strong climbers mostly climb and they're not the guys who are just, you know, living on the hangboard or living in the weight room. Like they're the people yep. who are trying really hard on boulders. Um, yeah. Cause you get stronger from it if you're doing it right. Yeah. And it's, it, this is going to be tough for me to put into words because it, it takes me back into that like circular place where I don't know where to stop. Um, but if you're, if you're trying something that's hard for you, you have to look at whether it's a weakness on a relative scale. Like, you know, if, if your top grade say is 13 B mm-hmm. and you're climbing on a 13 B and something feels hard for you, that doesn't mean it's a weakness. You know, if you're climbing on 12A and your top grade is 13B and something feels really hard for you, that might be a good weakness for you to work on Yeah, down the road. Yeah, that's a great point. But you have to think of things in relative terms. You know, a big move that's the crux of a 13B, that doesn't mean big moves are your weakness. It just means, well, here's a really fucking hard, big move that you need to do. Yeah. You know? So it's important to keep the the relativity of it all in mind. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. Hard is hard. It, oh, hard climbing is hard. Like, yes. <laughs> you know, it's, it, uh, you know, it's one of those like kind of simple phrases that it sounds so obvious, but you know, it's hard to, it's challenging yeah. to keep it in mind. Um, you know, and, yeah. um, trying to think other things that are, uh, are there anything, are there any big, you know, red flags for you that if someone was like, oh, I'm having trouble with this other than it being on easier climbs where you're like, oh, you know, that could just be a weakness rather than it just being hard. I mean, I don't know that I would call it a red flag and just for the, you know, maybe I'll, maybe I'll think of something, but the one thing, the kind of the process I go through when I'm evaluating, is this something we need to work on or not is have we exhausted all the tactics? You know, I don't, I try very hard not to jump straight to, oh, you're just bad at that, or that's a weakness for you. You know, have we, 
have we exhausted the tactics? Did you, how did you sleep last night? Did you rest enough in between attempts? Um, have you tried other beta? Have you done links through this section before? You know, things like that. I, I try to, and what are the conditions? You know, maybe, maybe you're trying it in the worst possible conditions. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. I try to go through that checklist of sorts before I say, okay, maybe this is something new we need to really focus on because we only have so much time, so much energy, so much adaptation potential. I don't want to put a bunch of work into things that we don't need to. So I have to be pretty picky about saying, all right, we're going to focus the next three months on this thing, you know, and if it's the wrong thing, we just wasted three months. So, so I exhaust all the options before I, before I put a flag on anything. How about you? Mm -hmm. Um, first I'll say, um, as you like, one thing that immediately jumped out to me, um, you would like somewhat touched on it, but, uh, from Carol Dweck's book mindset, like she's very big on framing, you know, don't like, rather than saying, Oh, you're bad at this or you're good at this. You know, it's this idea of what have you put work into? Um, and I was right. just having conversation with someone about this the other day. And, you know, I think it's so relevant to this, like, um, in it, especially in like strength and conditioning, um, you know, you get good at what you do. Like that's the said principle, um, specific adaptations to imposed demands. Um, but yep. anytime, like if I work with a climber and let's say I'm work working with someone and she's like, I'm really bad at slopers. My first question will be how much time do you spend on slopers? She'll say, yeah, typically she's like, mm, not much. I'm like, are you bad at slopers or do you just not spend time on slopers? And that to some people that might seem like an annoying question or just like this little like circular talk. But the idea yeah. of that is reframing it. Like if someone's like, man, I'm really bad at jumping between, you know, cramps on a 40 degree angle, typically when they're the color yellow, um, I'm like, <laughs> you know, like, well, how much time do you spend on the moon board? And they're like, none at all. I just tried it yesterday and it's heinous. I'm like, well, yeah, if you never climb on that and that style, like it's probably going to be really hard. You know, yep. this isn't a weakness that you immediately need to go do plyo pull-ups and campus boarding and fingerboarding. You know, if we just do the thing, we'll probably get better at the thing. Um, you know, once again, this is a kind of simple, you know, simple things. But yeah, I would say that's a really important concept to keep in mind if you are struggling with something. Like, you know, for me this last year, um, so through 2020... Like at the start of the year, like into 2019, I was like, man, I'm just like really bad at big power moves. Like if it's something where I can explode through my legs and use momentum and like pounce to a hold, I'm fine. But if I have to like really, if I can't create all my momentum through my legs and I have to generate through my upper body, man, I just get crushed. And, you know, there are a lot of positions that I'm realizing more and more on climbs that I'm doing where that's just required. Or if not required, it's really beneficial, you know? And I was like, oh, well, how do I address this? And I thought of these different things, but more than anything, I was like, okay, I'm just going to start finding the climbs that isolate this. So like I even, fortunately for me, uh, there's a route setter who I used to despise everything he set because it was 
Yeah. Such an important thing to have around. Oh man. He doesn't even know, but like I would like walk (laughs) through the gym and just be like, Oh yeah. Um, now I'll probably tell him here one of these days that, but now like any time a new set goes up, I hunt out his boulders and I can, I don't even need to look at tags now. I can just see them. I'm like, yo, that's his. Okay. Doing it. Like, and he's so good at isolating upper body. Like, you know, the feet are just in a way to where I can't create all of my momentum, all of my power through my legs and through my core the way I like to. Um, and so one of my biggest changes is I just, like I climb all of his boulders on every set now. And that's been huge. Now, like I would say it's no long, it's not a strength, but it's no longer a weakness. Like that's something to where I'm like, Oh, I need to be able to be powerful with my upper body and these like big pull throughs. That's something I can do now. Like it's now, you know, something in my bag of tricks. Yeah. I think, you know, you said something in there that, that got me thinking, we also have to stop this, um, this phenomenon of comparing what we think is our weakness to someone else's mega strength. Oh yes. Know? Yeah. Like if I climb with Angie Payne, it's really easy for me to go, wow, I suck at crimps. I mm-hmm. suck at keeping tension when I'm on tiny feet and yeah. little handholds. And compared to Angie, that's true. She's a master at it, mm-hmm. you know, but relative to my upper ability, I don't necessarily suck at body tension on small holds and small feet. Yeah. You know, I'm just not as good at it as one of the best in the world at it. That's a, that's a dangerous comparison to start making. Can I, you know, can I dream to be and work to be as good as Angie at it? Sure. Mm -hmm. But I don't have to just say, I suck at this because I'm not as good at, as, as she is uh, totally you know i think there's a, a lot of value in seeing that like man you watch angie climb and you're like oh do, have i ever used core tension i don't know like what am right. i what am i doing over here like because if that's core right. tension and i don't have it like exactly yeah. she's such a like like an example at the top of the pedestal at that quality mm-hmm. you know so it's great to see those things. Yeah, it's I think it's important to see them and honestly just take yourself out of your own little bubble of like, oh, this is this is the avenue that I believe I am supposed to go down for getting better. You know, getting better is bigger moves on smaller holds where your feet cut on a 40 or 45 degree angle. Suddenly you see someone like, oh wow, they can use really high feet and like keep their feet on and they're they're moving themselves with their core so well. Like it's cool to have those perspective changes, but it's good to also keep in mind that like, oh, that, like sh- that is her like superhuman strength. Like yeah. I can work towards it and there's benefit in me recognizing it's there and trying to adapt that style to my own. But, you know, it's like if I'm climbing with someone who's just all like pull strength, like it's not going to be helpful if I'm like, oh, the only way for me to get stronger is to get as good at pulling as they are. You know, that's chances are I'm not going to do it, but, and I would get discouraged by trying, but I can say, Oh wow, look at how they pull like, and what they can do those moves. Like that's really cool. Can I apply that to myself a little bit? Yeah. Yeah. Little bits at a time. I mean, that's what training ultimately is no matter how magic it seemed the first training cycle you did, 
Yeah. When you had this giant leap in your ability. Um, It's not going to work that way every successive time that you do a new training cycle. Yeah. So anything else on this topic? I feel like I'm going to start talking in bigger and bigger spirals here. Um, You know, as far as just uh, for all the things I got written down, um, the only two other things I was going to bring up, one we've talked about a lot, which is pump. Um, Like getting pumped doesn't mean you're out of shape. It just means you're trying like getting yeah. pumped is normal. Um, and I think like we, we honestly, we have a huge advantage in that we both climbed in the red a lot where you get mm-hmm. pumped on warmups. And that is just like, yeah, I could be fit enough to climb 10 pitches a day at the load, two days on one day off <clears> for a whole month, but I will still get pumped every single pitch of every single day. Like that yeah, is just, totally. that's how it is. Like, Oh, my heart ascends. I may have gotten terminally pumped three to four times, like mid send. Yep. And that's okay. That's just like hard rock climbing's hard. It's supposed to suck. Um, yeah, we were climbing. Uh, Annalisa and I were climbing next to Brittany Griffith once, and and Annalisa was complaining about getting pumped. And Brittany like looked at her like she was insane, and just <laughs> said, uh, "That's what climbing feels like. Like I've been pumped every single time I climb." It, yeah, <laughs> you know, and and it's totally true. But good to hear from those sources sometimes. Yeah, it's a good reminder. Um, You know, and it's, yeah, it's one of those things that's uncomfortable. So it's nice to imagine like, oh, I'm going to get really fit and just not get pumped. But it's, that's the same mindset of like, oh, I'm going to get to being V12 strong so that V8s feel easy for me. Like, you know, let's just try a little harder and you can send those things a lot faster with a lot less work. Um, So pump is one. And then the other one is slopers. Um, this, this was one that when I first started climbing, I, I remember like one of my first days I was talking with someone else was just like, man, like, you know, my skin is just beat up and they're like, yeah, that's just going to take time. And I was like, and you know, my hands just open up after climbing for like 45 minutes. They're like, yeah, you know, in a few months that'll go away. I'm like, what's the secret to climbing on slopers? And they're like, oh, that's just hard. Like slopers are hard for everyone <laughs> and you just have to climb on them a lot to get better. Like there's no secret. Like. And yeah, that's like, it is just hard. Like there's so it much is. technique in, I mean, full body, like in cut holds are great. Cause you get to just like, you can overcompensate in so, so many ways. Like you have good body tension. Cool. You can just like move yourself anywhere. You've good hand strength. Awesome. Like there are so many ways in cut holds let you just be kind of a slob of a rock climber, <laughs> but yeah you get slopers, especially if it's a sloper where you don't get a thumb on because a thumb gives you an extra point of support. No thumb slopers, man, suddenly like it's a lot of movement. It's a lot of like stringing together a lot of points of your body to create specific types of tension to be able to not only create power and tension, but be able to move through these like very slight spaces to where, okay, I'm laying this hold back, but I still need to be explosive off of it too fast. I'll slide too slow and I'm just going to power off and not move. You know, it's, yeah, I think slopers and compression and things like that. Like, it's one of those things that that we can definitely just say, oh, like, what if I was just stronger? Because you do see, like, big, powerful guys do fairly well. But then you can also see people who are not that powerful. Um, Yeah. And it's harder to isolate, like, the individual action that makes it work. You know, Um, if it's on edges, we can go to the hangboard. mm -hmm. and 
and you're going to get some carryover. But there's not nearly as much transfer between hanging on a sloper and climbing on slopers. You know, um, it's a, it's a lot tougher to isolate. You have to almost just keep trying the thing. You have to get in that same uncomfortable space in order to learn how to operate in that space. You know, it doesn't work the same as edges. Yeah. You know, and something with like slopers in compression climbing in that kind of style is, you know, like climbing in the South, I got to see this a lot and the people who were the best at it, it was easy to be like, oh, they're just powerful. But more than anything, they could be sliding and they they could commit 100% to a move that felt like they had a 10% chance. Like right. they could move through these horrible, <clears throat> insecure positions with just the confidence that they're going to do it every time, even if they don't. Yep. You know, even if their track record shows they're not going to do it every time, they can just move with such confidence. And a lot of times on yep. slopers, like that's what you need. You need to be able to just. And move there's an element of patience in there. There's yeah. an element of patience that they have um, in finding the right body position, finding that balanced point um, that no matter how much confidence you have in the next move, if you're not patient enough to also find that body position, you're never going to do the next move. You know, it's totally, it's a, it's a, it's an interesting blend of patience and confidence and, and power. And, you know, it's, it's a really subtle form of climbing. It is. You know, and I'm really glad you brought that up. That's absolutely right. Like, you know, finding these positions, being patient. Um, it's kind of like mantling. I tell people like with mantling, like, as long as you keep breathing and stay conscious, it's really hard to fall off of a mantle. Like, yeah. And I'm, once again, I'm fortunate. I climbed in the South for about 10 years. So I've got a lot of experience with this, but like, you know, knock on wood, I don't fall off mantles. Like you just keep breathing. You take your time. You be patient. You find the position. You don't give up. Yeah. You don't give up. Like you do not surrender ground. Like, <laughs> you know, yeah. you just, take your time and you're going to make it up there. Like what ends up happening a lot of times you'll see people freak out. They start holding their breath and they try and force things. And then more often they end up just like dropping off because they don't know. But slower climbing is, you know, a more physical version of that. Like a lot of times it's okay. Find the position, stay patient. And once you're in the best position, it may not feel good, but it's like, okay, I'm here. Move like go to the next one. Yep. Yeah. And it doesn't, you know, this doesn't mean that sloper climbing might not be one of your weaknesses. And mm -hmm. if it is, you have to put the time in to mm -hmm. make it no longer a weakness. You know, that's really what it comes down to. Yeah. Yeah. Climbing's hard. Hard climbing is hard every hard. single time. Yeah. Yeah. Hard climbing's hard. <clears throat> um, but yeah, those are, uh, that's the last of my notes. Cool. Well, um, you guys all know where to find us, powercompanyclimbing.com. Uh, if you happen to be watching this on the YouTubes, because we're trying out a new format here, you and I are, uh, in trying to film our remote board meetings and seeing how that goes. So if this works and it's on the YouTubes, um, let us know some other things you'd love to hear us talk about in the comments there and make sure you're subscribed and don't miss any of these things. And we'll just, we'll try to keep growing it on this platform. Uh, the rest of you, if you're not watching it on the YouTubes, we are on the YouTubes at Power Company Climbing. Same as we are on the Instagrams and the Facebooks and the Twitters. 
except for not the Twitters because we don't tweet. We scream like eagles. It's time to finish.